0: One, two, one, two, three, four. Five Better, Five Better, Five Better Podcast. Five Better, Five Better, Five Better Podcast. Hello, episode two of Five Better, the musical podcast, weekly. Uh, well, oh. it's the second week we've done this. Uh, and the premises of this podcast, in case you were not listening to the first one, which you may not have done, is each week we try and find five songs better than a certain song that Jim and I have decided, for whatever reason, is, is a brilliant song. Um, so last week we had episode one. It was, like, it was all about colours and was there a better song than Yellow? And I think we found a few which were. Isn't that right, Jim?
1: Certainly did, sir. Certainly did, sir. I thought there were a number of songs that were better than Yellow. and No disrespect to Coldplay, but I thought we found uh, even songs that we weren't entering. Into the into the mix to be better than yeah. Uh, than Coldplay.
0: Yeah. So this week was a bit of a tricky one. So we, we had a bit of a, a bit of an email text back and forth, Jim and I, and uh, we've come up with a. I'm not sure it's a classic, but it's a good song, and. Well, MC Hammer, you can't touch this, Jim. What are so your thoughts on was. that initially? So well,
1: it is a great great song. Should we have a bit of a listen and then uh, mm. and then a bit of a discuss and see how we go yeah. from there? I'm sure everyone knows this song, but let's have a, a short extract now from The Mighty, MC Hammer and You can't touch this. You can't touch this.
0: You can't touch this. can't touch this. Okay, so there that, we are. That's, well. that's MC Hammer, or um, for short, Muck Hammer, we can call him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was on the menu at McDonald's for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it McDo- didn't sell so well for Hammer. McDonald's foray into DIY. <laughs> um, well, McHammer you can't touch is is really known for that song and for having massive trousers. Um it was, or that pants was a massive, if you're American. Massive pair of trousers. <laughs> so we're going to find hopefully five songs we think are better than that. But I suppose the link in for that is we have to is what I said. It's it's about the senses, isn't it? The touching. Um of which we'll there's a few tracks later we're talking about touching. But um so is, is their five songs better than than you, you Can't Touch This by MC Hammer that are references to one of the five senses. Um now, now no real disrespect to MC Hammer, but for me I'm
1: not sure this is gonna be a difficult um <laughs> difficult ask because as much as I do like You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, um <laughs> I do feel that the uh, the original sample from Super Freak was uh, <laughs> Super Freak is a far far superior song <laughs> and if Rick James you... has had the decency to have a sense in there then that would have been my number one sense song but, well I um, think
0: uh, I think already he's losing in his own song which is a bit a bit, a bit worrying <laughs> it's true <laughs>
1: there's only one is... song
0: better in his own song
1: <laughs> Hammer is already on a downer I do remember yeah. a, a mate of mine at school um he, he lived in my road. We weren't at school together, but he lived in my road, and I, I knew him since we were, like, re- young, really, really young kids, like two, three years old. And he um, loved MC Hammer for a while, and he got really into MC Hammer. And, you know, MC Hammer was quite religious as well with all that prayer yeah, stuff yeah. and stuff like that. And he, I remember being in his bedroom once listening to music, and uh, he was... Tonking out the MC Hammer in his bedroom, tonking, it
0: out, <laughs> tonking Ton- out, tonking the out his MC hammer, hammer
1: <laughs> tonking on, his, tonking on his hammer as much as he could, and uh, he was really hammering the, <laughs> hammering the <laughs> hammer, but he told me that MC Hammer was very religious and that um, he was he too was going to join the sect of Christianity that um, MC Hammer belonged to, because right. um, if you didn't believe in the in the christianity that mc hammer believed in he could hit you over the head with a baseball bat not and, a hammer uh, and not a hammer strangely but a baseball bat and that was why he was going to join mc hammer's religion because he could be violent about it as well i'm, I'm not quite sure that was the point of uh, <laughs> <coughs> of that
0: fact of christianity but uh, that sect of christianity but, but i don't know it's probably written down somewhere in one of the scriptures <laughs> yeah, it is. If, that, thou, if thou
1: shalt not believe the hammer, then, then the mighty bat shall fall on thy head.
0: Hammer or bat, you decide. Um, it's a bit like early part of uh, Tim uh, Timmy Mallet's Whacker there, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> bleh. Um, well, MC Hammer, so yeah, he hasn't done a great deal, has he, lately? He has He did
1: come back after, do you remember that thing on the word where he came back with a, a whole new... Um, album and he was really trying to be hard, like hardcore rap and quite cool with like a hat. Oh, and he didn't have the trousers yeah. and he was on the word and Mark Lamar kept pressing a button and jumping up with a big trousers <laughs> and dancing right <laughs> in his face and, and Hammer was fuming to be honest I'm surprised the baseball
0: bat didn't come out that, that night for Lamar I suppose no one I mean I'm surprised no one said stop <laughs> it's true <laughs> um well, maybe they, maybe they did, and that's why he had a massive sabbatical about 20 years, um, after the song was released. Um, but forever. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please stop.
1: So another important part of the podcast each week as well is, um, is what we're drinking. So, uh, so I'll, well, I'll kick off this week as, um, yep. as you kicked off last week with the tipple. So mine again, I've gone for gin and tonic again. And uh, I've rewritten the funny story of last week where um, my son... You've, re, you've actually, rewritten the funny story from last week? Was there a funny story it, but, last week? <laughs> it didn't arrive, but um, <laughs> it got edited out, actually. The, the only oh, okay. funny bit got edited out. <laughs> um, but the strawberries scenario with the gin last week where my son ate all the strawberries. And ah, I yes. two packs of strawberries this week, so my drink of choice this week is strawberry uh strawberries on the bottom of the glass with gin and uh ice and i'm again on bloom's gin that's bloom bloom lovely gin one of my favorite gins i would suggest um you're still still
0: desperately trying to get some freebies aren't you (laughs)
1: yeah Uh, honestly if i get a freebie (laughs) from this podcast that'll be a win that'll be a big win um oh
0: who's that is that is that that already
1: That was it. we got a new follower on SoundCloud for the, uh, for the,
0: um, for the podcast. Woohoo. So yeah, so it's just gin and tonic, strawberries, ice, happy days, lovely drink. I love the fact you say strawberries in the bottom. So it makes me think of a couple of things. First one is that you've got a strawberry in the bottom, which then makes me think of that joke about Dr. Dr. I've got got a strawberry in my face. What can I give you? He says, oh, you try some cream. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But strawberries in the bottom of the glass makes me think of, you literally just like a coaster. You put it on the coaster. Um,
1: the glass yes, gee, is that, indeed resting.
0: It strawberries in my bottom on a coaster
1: <laughs> in the glass. The glass in is a bit club. sharp. But
0: well, there you go. Um, you could always dip some strawberries that George oh, I did out. With this one, what I did, I did, I did a crafty
1: one because I was walking down the shop quickly to get the tonic. I put the gin on the strawberries first and just let it all uh, kind of sink yeah, in. And, infuse, and, nice. Good yeah, work. That's the word I'm
0: looking for. Thank you. Oh, well done. So, yeah, um,
1: that's my well, that's, strawberry and gin infused
0: Okay, so, Up. Um, well, I've, I've, kept I've kept it traditional, I've kept like last week as well. Back on the white wine again. I've had a bit of a week of um, leaving dues at work and various things happening at like retirement dues and concerts. So, uh, mo- th- I think three nights out of the last f- the five nights of work, I was out. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> awful for everyone. For me. For them. For my bank balance. For my. For my. For my marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting anything done at work um, so I'm kind of a little bit over I've got a couple of days off but um, but I'm back on the white wine again and again it's a Pinot Grigio um, I think it's Australian um, I are, you, think it's... are you turning into Terry Wogan with a Pinot Grigio? <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't want to see anything about that Oh, turns a bit Jamaican, sorry <laughs> 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 Jamaican Wogan <laughs> Um Yeah, no I, um, it's just refreshing, I don't know if I'm a GNC, I get I have a couple of those. I'm really knackered the next day. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? It's got a bit of a slight head on me, but this I can have a few of these. I'm fine. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had a bit you, too much uh, this week. Did you get so an ice bucket? Did you did you get your own uh, ice bucket to keep it chilled? I'm, I'm still waiting for the royalties to come in from the first episode. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> I, thought, I mean, I thought that was a that was our policy from last week: ice buckets for all to improve work.
1: work. Very middle class policy. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I know a brand of ice bucket, I'll, I'll, I'll plug it to death next week. So hopefully by episode four, I'll have about yeah, have we'll have five have, ice buckets uh, yeah, around an me. an ice bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in an ice bucket. <laughs> it's, uh, like a sort ice, of weird ice bucket, jacuzzi. Ice buckets for
1: all to improve the, the chilled texture of white wine isn't going to be one of Corbyn's
0: policies, I, 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 I fancy. If we can find a time in the next couple of weeks, it's the hottest day, another hottest day of the year. I'll happily mm. sit in an ice bucket with you, with um. with me, Jeremy Corbyn, <laughs> and some Wild Ryan, and discuss and, and,
1: policy.
0: Yeah, uh, and and the Jamaican Terry Wogan. We can all be together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's one hell of a party.
0: So we're now going to look at some of the songs. So I started last week. So we've got sort of, kind of got five songs kind of categorized don't we so little bit quickly we've got like a, a guilty pleasure song that you think for some reason you shouldn't like but you do uh you've got an obscure song which is quite random and no one necessarily has heard of we've got a popular kind of classic song uh, another category we've got a memory song um and then we've got a mu- we think musically better song so we've got kind of five kind of rough categories there so uh, uh i started off with a what was my last week? I started off with, you started was, uh, with guilty
1: pleasure last week. Oh, gu- I mean, guilty pleasure! We didn't get through all the categories. We we ended we up did, doing no. about three
0: of the categories,
1: but uh, but well, we still ended up with five songs between us that were better. Than, we did, uh, yeah.
0: So um, I started last week. So Jim, what's what is your song? that you think <clears throat> is better than MC Hammer's "You Can't Touch This"?
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hard or go home here today. Um, I'm coming in big. Uh, um, I'm coming in with Feel as my sense and uh, I'm coming in with I Feel Love by Donna Summer. So let's have a quick Ooh. listen to uh, let's have a quick listen to that now. All right, there we are I feel loved by Donna Summer. I mean, do I, do I need to say much more? That is just, I mean, the originator of dance music, possibly, arguably the original dance track, um, yeah. has been copied in style uh, musically ever since. Uh, obviously, with Donna Summer, you've got the most amazing voice singing over the top. And yeah. I heard someone describe, I'm not going to claim this description as my own but I was listening to something on the radio recently describing it and they said that the uh, the music is like the engine that just drives it through and her voice is the the heart over the top and I think that you can't describe it any better than that
0: It's, it's, a, a, it's same, a weird song isn't it actually Yeah The music is right <laughs> It just goes on and on doesn't it It does, it's, that's
1: why I say it's like the precursor of that kind of Dance music, acid house, all of yeah. that kind of everything that kind everything that went through the eighties and the nineties came from this idea of this this kind of one track that was just, um, you know, it's got that that driving beat behind it and and her kind of howling over the top and positively yeah, yeah. howling over the top and I think it just um, yeah it just it's it stands the test of time for, for in an age where. Lots of songs at that time were very much. Um, you listen back to them now, and you kind of go, "Yeah, all right, I can see that was good at the time." But no one's, you know, that that kind of early disco. It's kind of got that little cheese vibe to it. No, uh, that, yeah, I mean, there are some greats, but like it's it's more disco, whereas that is just like. Yeah,
0: it's quite groundbreaking, it I think. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think, you know, you've got, it produced by Maroda as well, wasn't it? So Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got that kind of, you've got the, the what's it called, I suppose, the, the kind of the kudos of that. And, uh, and and just thinking of the video, I mean, the, vi- the video is as bizarre as a song in many respects because the song doesn't do much and the video is just her stood on stage with a microphone and this kind of light going on in the background. And she's just yeah, what, kind of what, seductively what year was playing it, with the I,
0: microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, what so I'm going to a quick look now, so I'm consulting. Um, <clears> it says here, uh, oh, 1977. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that 78. Right? That right? but it's,
1: yeah, 1977. I've, I've yeah. Here. I just think, great tune. I can always, another
0: one that I can listen to all the time. Um, trying to think, the, uh, it's sort of the the track might be a bit, it's kind of craftworky in places, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just that loop isn't it it's quite hypnotic i like it it's a good track it's a great track in fact i like the fact she's also got a season in her name i think that could be uh, another thing for a podcast later on yeah episode episode 10 could be a famous five songs about (laughs) someone with with a season in the song (laughs) title and uh Um,
1: yeah i mean just from disco queen to to dance music legend I think uh, Donna Summer and and that song I think will always you know stand the test of time on, on the dance floor. I mean, she died about three. She died, didn't she? Well, five years
0: ago. Did she?
1: Yeah.
0: R.I.P. She is definitely. Um, oh, definitely no. Oh, yeah. Could MC Hammer record <laughs> that, that song? <laughs> <coughs>
1: It his, it's quite uh,
0: simple lyrically, you could probably
1: cope with that, couldn't he? Yeah, he could he could. I don't know whether he could cope with the vocal range, but I think no. uh you know, I think the other thing for me with this with this track is it, it comes from the era of Rick James uh, original that MC yeah. Hammer sampled. So
0: <clears throat> so yeah, this yeah. this song for me has it all. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, feel love, okay, a nice little link there to the senses. There's quite a few songs I feel, isn't it? Which I've had a few of those where I thought, "Oh, I could use yeah. that." Okay, well that's a good that's a good start, Jim. Well done. What was Thank that you. category? You put what was that category you put it in? Um, I put it? that, that in musically better. better. Musically better. Shall I do the same and go for my one, which I think is music? It's a weird yeah, one. It, actually, it. I, it's it's same, <clears throat> same kind of thread of music from uh, Donna Summer, kind of. But I think this is a, even one step back from that, and it's uh, and it's also got feel in the title. Uh, I got you, parenthesis, I feel good. Okay, good. Let's have a quick listen to that then. Let's have a listen to this. <laughs> I feel
1: good. I knew that I would not. I feel good. I knew that I would not.
0: Whoa! I feel good. I knew that I would. Now I feel good. I knew that I would. Now so good, so good, so good. I mean, lyrically, it's probably up there with "I Feel Love" as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Someone feels something. They're going to let you know cool, how they yeah. feel by saying it over and over again. Do you know what? It's it's the twelve bars blues essentially. What he's playing. Mm. It's really sort of three only sort of three chords. It kind of goes around. Um, it's got a brilliant sort of horn section, which I think drives the song, and I like, I love that. And I don't think I've never not listened to it and either tapped my foot, sort of hit my sort of finger on a sort of table, yeah. or kind of sung along to it, or, you know, many times I've danced to it as well at some sort of party or wedding. Um, it's classic. Um, it's
1: just, I think, his voice as
0: well, sorry, James Brown, just in yeah. case anyone
1: didn't know who we're talking about, but James Brown. Vo- James Brown's voice is just, like, he sings from somewhere inside his body that I don't know where that exists on normal mm. people. It Like, the feeling within it, is there's so much feeling in just three? It's it's getting that much feeling
0: out of three words, isn't it? And he is actually quite tiny in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a lot of, as you know, a lot of energy, clearly from his dancing. And I couldn't believe it was 1965 that song was mm. released. And I think he had a version of it written before that, even like a year or so before that. It's like a slightly different version, but so it's been around for ages. I mean, it's just it's a great cracking slightly calm. different version how many words did he change <laughs> i think i think he changed it from i feel all right so i feel good <laughs> I'm, I'm not
1: feeling too bad today darling <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm okay <laughs> um well i a b-side, a b-side so I, I feel good but uh it's great it starts off great We've got a, a great song at the beginning a line at the opening and then it kicks in and it's, it's just yeah it's, it's a it's a classic song i mean that's that's Musically better. I mean, again, I think you said at the beginning it's, it's going to be should be too difficult to find songs better than you can't touch this. But I think feel I feel good. It's clearly head and shoulders above it. I think that's it, that's the thing, isn't it? With with taking something like
1: you can't touch this uh, because the like we've talked about Rick James before, and the the, the original Rick James song is brilliant, musically brilliant. Mm. But MC Hammer's always going to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> to be as good as that, to be as good as that, by just like kind of ripping off a bit of it, because you could argue that if you said that Rick James's song was musically of a, a superior quality, then yeah. you'd be challenging that. But obviously, it's you're not kind of um,
0: no, you're well, not, not putting it on that, um, You could you could never put it on that level because uh, it isn't. I think also I think while we can justify having it up there is obviously most of it, we're going to try and hopefully each week have songs which are kind of classic or you know Coldplay Yellow is a good song clearly yeah. a good song you can't touch this. it's really a good song but it is stayed it stayed around for ages partly because of the sort of the the stop hammer time sort of yeah. little phrase which was used <clears throat> it's been used for you know, everyone says stop. Everyone, Invariably, someone will say, Hammer Time, aren't Hammer Time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a good so it's song. In a, it's in for the different consciousness, reasons. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's not its not a great song, but the aura, it's not really an aura around it, but the things, the components that kind of within it him, trousers, um, Yeah, him, <laughs> jumping trousers, around.
1: That awful little ponytail thing he used to have at the back.
0: Oh, like a rat's tail, yeah.
1: It was like a tiny little dreadlock rat's tail that used to come off the back of his head
0: oh yeah yeah
1: um, disconcerting but it's it's one of those songs that is a good song for different reasons isn't it it's Mm. good for being it's good for being you can't touch this by mc hammer (laughs) that's why it's good (laughs) yeah it's like you hear Uh, it you go oh can't touch
0: this and uh it's kind of maybe maybe it's almost up there with like kind of the things like shaggy um yeah it wasn't me it's that all right. Sort of like a little throwaway line. Can not touch this? Yeah, definitely. So there you go. So I've, I've argued back for it again. Anyway, so it's, not, it's still not as good as that. <laughs> still not arguing that it's better than James Brown or <laughs> no, Donna Summer. That's no, it's still not as good as James sure. Brown so, uh, or Donna Summer. So, you got, uh, okay, I mean, let's uh, go James back Brown into... James Brown as
1: well. I remember he died on Christmas Eve because I remember texting ah, him on Christmas Eve at about midnight. I think he did. Brown's dead. Uh, Stop. <laughs> it doesn't James feel dead. good anymore. James sort Brown's of a throwaway hilarious um, line at the time. But yeah, so James. I mean, James Brown is just great, anyway, isn't he? Yeah,
0: it's quality. Um, I we' regret not seeing it. My brother saw him about a couple of years before he died. Uh, he put he put on a great show, I think. Mm. Obviously, um, that's one good. That's a good thing that he did do. He he could play live. I don't, I don't, MC Hammer perhaps... Uh, not so good, but um,
1: well, Hammer was one of the original sort of big stage show acts, wasn't he? From the, the late, late eighties, yeah. When he when he did a, when he did his concerts, it was all about the the formation dancing and like you know fifty blokes and women doing flips and dancing and him at the front in his big trousers doing the side to side
0: shuffle. <laughs> It's he like it's like the forefather of grime, isn't he? Just some bloke on a stage. He, yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, he's more the forefather of um of like those awful pop acts that you know, like when the X, you know, when the X Factor when they're doing their songs and they've got all the big show going on behind them. That's what oh, yeah. MC Hammer was about. he was he was all about the big show.
0: Oh wow! So we're,
1: we're going on about MC Hammer. I, mean, I we're,
0: know we're giving it we're giving him way too much airtime.
1: Um, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Where more than he's certainly used to, to lately so let's uh, let's go for your second choice jim so we've got two people who are dead can you find someone who's alive
1: <laughs> uh well okay um i'm going to go for a different sense um okay. i'm going to go from the sense of hearing and, oh god uh <laughs> <laughs> this no this is uh i don't know this is a great song i've got to think what category it comes into i suppose is it a classic um, it is an absolute classic it's one of my it's one of our all time favourites uh, let's have a listen to it now because it's uh, okay. Stop Me If You Think That You've Heard This One Before by The Smiths oh
0: yes good
1: choice Okay. Oh, 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 there we go, Mozart, <laughs> the mighty. Uh, oh, Moza. Moz. I,
0: what I like about Morrissey and the Smiths is he's, he's, he tells you what to do, doesn't he? Stop me. Yeah. Or, uh,
1: <laughs> exactly. or, um, don't, yeah. don't mess about. Here we go. <laughs> if I've told you this, tell me to shut up. It's, obscure, it's, not one of their, it's not one of their best songs, is it, for Smiths? But, um... No, I suppose it only came to prominence when that uh, Daniel Merriweather curried, co- covered it recently, didn't he? Or it, it really kind of. Oh uh, yeah. It did. Uh, was it was it him that covered it, or was it him and?
0: Oh, oh, uh, Mark Ronson and him.
1: And, and, and yeah, it's was on the a, Mark
0: Ronson album. Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a passable cover. Mark Ronson did, did, that, did that. That was a good album. Don't get me wrong, but you know. When you're talking about Mars, yes. uh, Mar,
0: Rourke, and the other bloke, <laughs> um, <laughs> but God, Mar, Mar. Jo- Joyce wasn't it? Joyce, that's it, Mike Joyce, yeah, Mike Joyce. Um, yeah.
1: But no, a, a brilliant, brilliant song, and, and the Smiths. Um, I suppose it's a memory song for me this one because yeah. the, you know the Smiths. Obviously, not old enough to have got into them. Well, they were still the Smiths, um, unfortunately, they'd broken up before then, but there's teenage boys that f- are into indie music find the smiths it's like it's a bit like that Nick Drake yeah. kind of idea, isn't it? If you're yeah. into indie music and you're a teenage boy you're going to find the Smiths at some point, and you're going to love them yeah, because if you like, if you
0: like writing poetry and you're <coughs> yeah. a deep thinker <laughs> and if, you know you get picked if you don't mind someone
1: school. if you don't mind someone basically. Singing your teenage angst uh, aloud for the forty-five minutes of their album, which is basically what it's all about, isn't it? It's very. He's another yeah. one like we talked about Neil Diamond last week. He's another one where it's concerts, isn't it? It's like
0: forty-year-old men all having an experience. Yeah, um, all, all having an orgasm. Kind of or really more, the um, they all pretty much they all quite work. I mean, everyone who, who is of that era who's and I say, I think we're just slightly younger than that. Yeah. Probably the only, to- only time we're ever going to say that most on, on the next couple of yeah. years. <laughs> um, they absolutely hear, they hero worship him. I think they kind of, they're, yeah. they're slightly in love with him, aren't
1: they? Yeah. Um, and I think he's just it is that kind of, especially in like kind of people who are from from maybe the north or from working class families. He he kind of just mm. he's got that teenage angst, working class background and it just all comes out in the songs and and then when you step away from the lyrics and think about the the music and you know johnny marr's guitaring is the obvious one but uh yeah you yeah. know Rock and joyce had a lot to do with the
0: to do with the music as well oh god yeah i always think actually that's that's what makes that what that's what makes a standout band is not only just you you inevitably got your songwriters who are usually guitar player singer standing you know together but yeah. um the bass line and the drum, the drum just they add everything that is necessary for the song. Yeah, they don't just can't. They don't. Just, he doesn't. Um, Joyce, isn't it? But, uh, no, it's Rourke plays bass, isn't it? He yeah. plays. He plays actual kind of melodies as opposed to sort of just playing the root note of the chord. Yeah, yeah. For the to support the guitar to make it sound a bit weightier, but um, but also yeah, their I know, their kind of tightness
1: and their the the, the skill of them playing the, the the way they play the bass and the drums throughout the tracks. Allows Johnny Marr to kind of experiment and be insane and do stuff that you just don't expect, and to really complement and sometimes argue with Morrissey's lyrics uh, mm. in, in tracks as well. Which I think there's quite quite often, dare I say, a juxtaposition between the the lyrics and and the guitar sometimes,
0: and it's held together by the by the bass and the yeah 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 well yeah the rhythm section and the drums. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking at a little bit of this because uh, it was one of the later ones, isn't it? Eighty-seven. Okay. Yeah. It's some good lyrics now. Actually, I quite like that. Yeah. No. It's done well, though, lad. You've done so, well. You've done well, though, lad. Uh, I, I thought that you might had that one yeah, well, I was detained. I was restrained. Well, I did actually think about The Smiths, but I did, that didn't come into my head for actually for some reason. I think because I've been going through the senses, trying to find specifics, and I've, I've got one about that. So. Uh, yeah. I was looking for another one, which I obviously didn't find because it didn't that doesn't exist um broke my spleen and broke my knee and then he really laced into me yeah, yeah, it's it's outpatients <laughs> who said a lie to her because i never i never
1: <laughs> it's it's just one of those classic tracks with morrissey's warbling isn't it so like yeah. really in 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 the same way that uh i was gonna say george michael michael jackson shamans <laughs> and he he's <laughs> In the background, Morrissey he... Oh, 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 is over the... Over the... Top, you know, it's, it's, it's like a kind of... It's like a kind of slightly camp Buddy Holly.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you can get... I think they're quite camp, though, Buddy Holly's <laughs> It's true. They both had the
1: glasses and the quiff, so... You know, they never seem in the, like the same Woody room.
0: room. <laughs> All the same era. Or um, the same era. <laughs> It's definitely got some sort of Woody Woodpecker thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Him as well. Never see him in the same room as those two. Um, CIA conspiracy. I, I was excited God, yeah. about that one. As it's well. a, good I mean, one. a good one. That's a good that. one. Being yeah. able to throw the Smiths in at, at yeah. uh, that's that's such an two early venture was, in. and that's what that's what I had difficulty with. That that's why because uh, I would you know that's. Musically better than You Can't Touch This
0: by a country mile. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> what are you talking about? Also, Morrissey in that song does what he does in most of the Smiths and Morrissey songs: is he tries to cram in loads of words into a line. Um, <laughs> just clearly, he wrote wrote the lyrics and thought, no, bugger it! I'm not going to make anything fit the music. I'm going to try and fit, it. but every it is, line is really is
1: quickly. Oh, so that's, again, great. that's again the kind of the that's the argument with the music, isn't it? It's like kind of yeah. um, I'm gonna. It doesn't scan scan,
0: Moz. Ah, stuff it. I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, that's and probably why they fell out, wasn't it? Isn't it really, you know. Johnny Mars. Oh, come on, come on, Stephen. It's not really fitting what you're doing. Oh, oh, oh you shut up, Will. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Will. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs>
1: There's a new Moz <laughs> film coming out, isn't
0: there?
1: I know. I'm not. I'm not so, convinced. No, neither am I, but it's done by the same guy who did Control,
0: so it might uh, be right. Yeah, it's got the guy who was also in the um, Danny Baker um, biopic, wasn't it, Predators the Grave, playing yeah. Johnny Marr, the young lad. The young lad, forget his name. Forget his um, name, the lad. He was, uh, kid, you know, the, the, Danny the, the lad, Berger. the fella. Uh, Danny, Danny Baker's me, Johnny Marr, the lad, the fella. Um, well, that's good, Jim. What was that, what was, that was that memory? That was, me- that was memory in the end, yes. Right, I'm going to have a memory song. You're going to have this, and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Nick Drake again, is it? <laughs> no, but it's from it's from, the sa- it's from the same era of memory. It's from that same shitty treasure chest of memories I've got when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15, 50- no, I wasn't 15, I was about 14. Um, picture this young me growing my hair from the curtains into sort of just more slightly lengthier having heard and musically i was awakened already because i'd already heard by about 1990 sort of happy mondays and stone roses so i was already like yeah. oh yeah this is good i don't i'm not gonna listen to bloody uh, go west anymore this is this is, <laughs> this is the real this is the real deal um, nothing wrong with go west and, but i was into oh, nothing hey listen go west we could talk about go west definitely later on because i want to talk to you about the, yeah. the first record i bought." of which that was it. Well, it's <laughs> up for, cont- for contention. There's one that I actually bought physically, and the one I gave my brother about two pounds to go and buy from the local shop. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one was which. <laughs> anyway, this song, <laughs> this song, because at that point, I couldn't, I, I wanted to play uh, music and be in bands, and I was learning bass and guitar and all that kind of shit. Um, I couldn't quite get my head around Stone Rose's because I it was really good, but also mm. it had a kind of, a dance element to it, and Happy Mondays yeah. clearly had kind of Paul Oakenfold kind of produced kind of like beats behind it. So it never quite got me, but this track really got me. And it was 1991. I'm going to have quick listen now. Um, it says Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit.
1: great track there I had that is. one as well but I assumed you were going to come up with that one so I, uh, yeah. I didn't tick it off on my uh, on my list what what a tune what a great tune
0: yeah it's brilliant I mean it is it's your go-to tune again I talked about go you know you sort of like if you hear an artist their go-to tune is this I mean it's a song that's it sort of sums them up but it's the way it, it's, but in a way it also was a song that kind of for them kind of took the shine and sheen off what they were doing he, I think Kirkpatrick hated playing it but sort of after the first Six months after Nevermind was released, because I think, because everyone loved them because of that song, it became a bit yeah. of a kind of a, you know, a bit of a new He like didn't want to play it, and um, you know, as, as most artists do, we've got we've got other songs, but everyone was going to play Teen Spirit at their gigs. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. but what what's good about it? I mean, it's it's got a great opening riff. It's got I mean, it's it's so well produced. It's fucking it's been it's been produced. About five million times sent out and reproduced again on stereo. It's, it's a cracking Butch Vig-produced album, the whole album, and the, yeah. the guitar sound immense. I don't think and what I don't what I, slightly annoys me is that when you hear them play live, just after that they don't sound quite as good as the record. And I know sometimes that's the point of live live. You know, it's not meant to be exactly like the records. <clears throat> but um, that, that that guitar sound he got from uh, Teen Spirit and Kurt Cobain on that album of mine is just incredible butch so um, um, they were kind of a a tipping
1: point of um like when uh they were at that point they they came out at that point when it was important to have your album produced really well wasn't it it was like kind of lots of music became about the production and the album and that that was to to its detriment in some respects with like you know the the kind of real march of pop music whereas like before it had been
0: that that kind of live element had still been the kind of the, the big thing I mean that's what Nirvana were they were kind of anti kind of Guns and Roses music which is obviously clearly yeah. well produced and you know Appetite for Destruction they're all kind of classic really kind of like you know rock with sort of like you know your fingers up like that um, and for the for the uh, listeners I'm putting my index finger and my little he finger is, up he is doing I sort can, of test- a, you can, see, you can you can see can I um, I can testify he's and, doing the the just my witness um and Kurt Cobain was completely anti that so he had that kind of punk mentality he hated sort of fucking Axl Rose Mm. and his sort of shitty middle of the road any sort of middle of the road rock music he hated and their first album Bleach was really like raw sort of recorded kind of you know in a week um yeah and and sounds like it is it's very raw and it sort of you know was very much of its of them being a, you know, a band experimenting, but in the second album that never mind, I think it had to get produced because I think that's what made it. That uh, clearly was the commercial breakthrough for them, um, and it kind of ruined a little bit of him. Obviously, i mean, you know fast forward three years, he's dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, could say fame, fame did break him. He had loads of money, and then he took those drugs and he shot himself. Um, in the in, what, in the yeah, same way the that written. we're
1: saying, in the same way though that we're saying, like Morrissey is teenage angst. Kurt Cobain for me is teenage anger. Like that smells yeah. like teen spirit. That that opening riff it's like a punch in the face. It, it just oh God, it yeah. like grabs, it's like he's trying to grab old establishment people and your Guns N' Roses people and just shake them backwards and forwards and like just smack them with it. It's like it's just a really angry, it's great riff, but it's just really angry oh, yeah. at the same time.
0: I mean, the f- the first line is "I like, load up on guns and bring your friends," and he said, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> hello, see what's going on here." <laughs> I see what you're setting out your stall for. I mean, that also, but that again, I think I mentioned last uh, week with my guilty pleasure song, Michael Jackson, which was the same kind of era. But related mm. the video for it was am- amazing, and I like, hear it was him, Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic in a, in a gymnasium out of a high school. Um, yeah, e- everyone, and it's all got like it's really filtered and sort of brown-looking and kind of dark, and it's just. It and starts off like an old crazy. Um, '60s Ed Sullivan show, doesn't it? Oh no, no, no! That's that's "Come As You Are."
1: Was it? I thought that was where they, "Come they, As they You kind Are." Of, and it's the sepia. And then I thought at the end of "Smells Like Teen Spirit," they're all in dresses,
0: and uh, everyone's going kind of
1: bunkers and they're thrashing, smashing the place up.
0: No, that's "Come As You Are." That is the uh, that was their sort of like second or third song released from the um, Nevermind album. Yeah. Now this one's when they're in the gymnasium, and it's like a. They're, sort of, they're they're in the they're in, <clears throat> they're in the middle of the, the basketball court. The, the, people are watching like it's a game, and then they sort of head, start sort of moshing very slowly, and then it kind of <laughs> as it comes, the chorus kicks in, everyone jumps up, grabs everything, and smashes the sort of shit out of everything. Yeah. And, um, and, and at the end they're sort of ripping up kind of like the seats and throwing things and the bat as, as it was every sort of Nirvana show you saw. The symbols sort of went flying, guitars in the air, but uh, it's a wicked video. Um, and for me it's a memory song for me because that's kind of like that I was like whoa this is this is brilliant this is how I'm like this is, this is what music should be you know four chords but bearing in mind most people can't play guitar so at that point I was like yeah I could pick this up four chords it's easy yeah. um, <laughs> <Four> <laughs> <candles>. <laughs> and also what I like what I like about it was then after that I became quite Nirvana obsessive, obsessive and sort of, what's this, what what's teen, what is yeah his teen spirit is about kind of like is it about the angst and the anger like right, what you said Ah <laughs> oh, the smell of it, I like it. It's nice imagery, he goes, No, You sort of, listen to it Because goes, No, it's it was a makeup of deodorant called Teen Spirit. Oh, right. <laughs> and that's what the song that's what that's where the title of the song comes. Uh, yeah, so it smells a bit like deodorant. It smells a bit like lynx. Was the English <laughs> version. That's what Morrissey would have wrote. Morrissey would have wrote Oh, it's a bit whiffy with Lynx. <laughs> it smells like uh,
1: old spice. Oh
0: <laughs> smells everything smells
1: mind. of old spice in this humdrum
0: town. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant. And I like, it's got a great structure. It's, it's verse course. It's literally verse course, verse chords, middle eight, uh, nicely guitar finish off a denial, a denial, a denial. Repeat eight or well, eight. How many times it is? Um, hold hold the last note, rasping away. Um, and it's a great it's a great opening to an album. It's it's, it's it's not. I mean, the argument then is is that their best album because I think we had that last week. About is is you know. About okay, classic albums, it was albums. Coldplay's is, best album, yeah. It was Coldplay's, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Nirvana's that was their second album, the difficult second album, and actually, difficult that was their... second album, and they did it again. <laughs> difficult second album. But they made obviously that, that was probably their, their most commercial. Um, and it, it, it bear in mind, it still sounds pretty fresh 26 years, 26 years later. God, that's um, that uh, Yeah, smells like tea. smells like Teen Spirit. It's it's called a century <coughs> old, it's brilliant. Um, it's better than well, MC muckhammer. <laughs>
1: smells like I'm an old man
0: knowing that that's twenty twenty edges. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about it is that there's um there's a thing going on I mean it's been around for a couple of years actually, but there's this thing around on Facebook and Twitter, people keep posting it. Watch Take That perform smells like Teen Spirit back in the the 90, 96 era before take that split up. <laughs> And it is the most awfulest thing you will have surely, ever yeah, seen. Surely theirs is the original.
1: And uh, <laughs> Nirvana simply it does say it credits from, uh, <laughs> credits, from Barlow Gar- G. Gar J. Barlow and M J Owen.
0: Fox. Yeah, if you can get, if you can have a watch of that, listeners, you, you, that's probably worse than MC, MC Hammer. I definitely don't listen an to it <laughs> <laughs> if you are a big Take That fan because it may um,
1: yeah. ruin your opinion of them if you yeah. had one anyway. Yeah, definitely. There you go, I would, I would 100% a go with that. Smells Like Teen Spirit is um, by far and away a better song <laughs> than MC Hammer's. You Can't Touch It. So we've already found five. That's quite good. We're moving on a pace this week. Oh, um, God. And what's, what's the next one? <clears throat> next one. Okay. What do you got?
0: What, have you got a different sense? Let's try, let's try and work our way around the senses.
1: What if I do, what, Yes, this yeah, is a different sense. We've done. Uh, oh, no, I've got, I've got touch, I was going to do. Uh, have we done C?
0: Uh, what have we done? I've done smelling. You've done, um, I've gone feel. <laughs> you've, done, you've done a lot of smelling in your time. I've done uh, you but we've, both, we've both done touch, haven't we? We've both felt each other up.
1: We both felt uh, each other up. I heard about it. I, you spice, you smell I smell it. You smell it. <laughs> you doubt <dealt> it. <laughs> um. it. So, well, all right. I'll go with I'll go with C because uh, I've got my my other my the one I was going to go with is rubbish. So I'll save that to the end because I think that's the one that arguably isn't. ooh now nah, uh, this is good. This good is good as to good. hear. So, do we want to do that one now or should I save it for later? Fuck it. Let's do it now. Oh, try, do it now. Go.
0: On.
1: Let's do it now. Okay, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. The next song that I'm going (laughs) to, fruitlessly, I fancy, try to argue, is a better song than than You Can't Touch Us by MC Hammer. It's an obscure one. It is Touch Me by Sam Fox. Let's have a little listen now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay there we go the awesome pop pixie princess that was samantha
0: fox well can i can, I can I, can I can I come in can i come in with this uh can i, can I come on sam fox can i come in with this <laughs> um, <laughs> that touch me was on my uh was on my statement to the police about that <laughs> <No>, um, <laughs> touch me was was on my list of uh sort of like nearly's um ne- nearly made this- it nearly made it it's obscure but you could you could put it as a memory song a classic song I mean unfortunately better (laughs) uh, better
1: vocally better written Um, but you know you have to go with with um, with obscure I mean honestly it it was it was a time Let's go back to that kind of early to mid 80s. It was a time when soap stars were hitting the pop charts. It was a time when someone like Stephen Dennis would have a song called Don't it Make You Feel Good, which to believe oh. me nearly made my list. It was uh, Kylie and Jason. It was anyone who was anyone. The Stock Aitken and Waterman hits fact. Well, I suppose they were hits. Hits Factory. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Stock Aitken and Walkman, I suppose you're right, they were hits. Yeah, Stock Aitken and Waterman's hits factory was cranking them out, left, right and centre, <laughs> quite literally, <laughs> probably. Um, there's a brilliant story with, uh, with, that my brother told me about um, Stock Aitken and Wartman, uh with the, um, with the hits factory, and apparently uh, Mike Stock and uh, whatever his name was, Aitken, Said, uh, um, making I should be so lucky. Uh, we should have been so lucky if Pete Walkman ever turned up to the bloody studio. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think uh, I think they wanted to claim that one for their for their own. Um, but yeah, they it, they uh, all did a
0: right out of it for God's sake. That, definitely,
1: they didn't they didn't do badly. But that it was the yeah. time when. You, you weren't. You weren't necessarily. You didn't need to be a pop star. You just needed to be a face that people could engage with, and people would buy the records. You needed to be Just, Fox just cases, in the news, <laughs> yeah. Or in Sam's Fox's case, you needed to be a chest that people would engage with that would, could be on page three of the the yeah. awful Sun newspaper. Unless someone yeah. sponsors, then it's a wonderful newspaper, even though it's <laughs> awful. Um, but it, it, as a pop as pop songs go, it's pretty good. It's got a, it's like quite poppy. It's quite dancey. It's uh, it's quite sexual, should we say? And uh, uh, oh god! And, yeah. they, and they 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 equalise her voice to make it all right. So you know, I think I
0: think she's like the modern day. Um, well, Katie Price is the modern day Sam Fox. Yeah, oh, definitely. In, in, in some ways, I mean, well, in many ways, I suppose what is different is that Sam Fox, unless I'm here, otherwise didn't necessarily sleep away. Through <laughs> about five husbands, like Katie Price has done. Um, no, she did a terrible um, job of presenting
1: the Brits, though I remember.
0: Oh, Mick Fleetwood, nineteen eighty. Yeah, it? I see. It was, the, it was <laughs> quite possibly the worst one. Next to, I think Frank Skinner hosted one year, and that apparently died a day. Is um, that
1: where? Um, do you think that's where the uh, the Fleet Foxes got their uh, got their inspiration for their name, Mick Fleetwood you know and Sam Fox I presenting the Brits?
0: hold on to a hope that that's where it came from if
1: that's true <laughs> if if anyone knows the fleet foxes if anyone's listening to this if anyone knows the fleet foxes and is listening to this please ask them because that is something we need to know because if they did get their name from that they've gone up in my estimation and would be the best named <laughs> band ever um, think what so, was quite ter- yeah. ter-
0: ter- sorry what was terrible about that whole Sam Fox and Mick Fleetwood. Apart apart from that, it was three hours. No one's ever going to get back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't read off the, the bloody none of DVD them. None the of <laughs> the high difference was was almost was almost like you know we had to sort of, <laughs> or turn your TV at sort of a weird angle because it was so <laughs> so distorted. Um, and it was I I, can, I can't believe for professionals it was done that badly. You know, yeah, for yeah. a TV company, you put on the Brits, and for a production company, they put the Brits on. They appear to have had so little rehearsal. They may, have, you know, I think I think ad libbing would have been better because I don't know how it was uh, done. They that clearly badly. hadn't rehearsed. They had not rehearsed shot no, of
1: it, and it was just uh, the. It's it gazed down in history as one of the most televisual car crashes there ever was. But back to her song, um, I think, <laughs> dare I say, it's better. <laughs>
0: Then MC Hammer? I don't know. I I think you sound I, as convincing as Mick Fleetwood did when he was so <laughs> Sam Fox is a good presenter. <laughs> oh God! It was uh, it was released in 1986 from her first album. Guess what the album was called, Jim? Um, was it called Touch Me? It was. Well done. Um, Thank you. And, uh, I had it. Uh, well, what what is more shocking, apart from the fact she has um, she made a single and, 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 and uh, at that time, a nice pair of breasts. Is that she had a second single? Yeah. Do you do you do you? Want, Brackets want to please me. Oh God, it's awful, isn't it? Really. It's, it's Touch similar, me. Touch me. Do you know what? It's another one that's got like brackets in the title. I'm, I uh, I got you brackets. I feel good. Touch me brackets. I want your body. Second yeah, single. Yeah. Do you do you brackets want to please me? Third single. Just brackets, four. (laughs) Fourth single, why are the pages of the newspaper stuck together? Fifth single, must invest in laminating machine.
1: Sixth single, I can't, I can't, read the vid printer. No, what is it? The auto queue. I've got a grandstand. She presented grandstand as well, clearly. So She was on grandstand
0: week in, week out.
1: Lincoln two division three.
0: It's just yeah, and it should still fuck that up. Yeah. (laughs) How can you fuck up the score, Foxy? She she'd be repeating it. Would be Lincoln Lincoln Lincoln, brackets. (laughs) Brackets pause. Read next score. Manchester Manchester
1: brackets United two. Well, listen. If she was going to
0: if she was going to host anything else, I'm surprised Rupert Murdoch, who owns the Sun. Didn't cash her in and go, right, you're working for Fox News, Foxy. Fox News, Foxy, and by the way, we've got the Fleet Foxes <laughs> and Meet
1: Fleetwood meet Fleetwood. <laughs> Doing a gig in Fleetwood <laughs> dressed as Foxes. <laughs> wearing Leicester <a> City kit. <laughs> Why didn't they have that that would have been a that would have been a band with two special guests to perform at Leicester's title winning party <laughs> if ever there was one? <laughs> Three foxes, yay! And <laughs> next
0: up, we got a sound fox, boo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that bloke from the Nick Drake concert would turn up.
0: <laughs> for, for, for new listeners, listen to me. episode one of that. Boo!
1: <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a crowbar that in so that everyone who listens to this now has to go back and listen yeah, to the um, other episode, which yeah. is available on SoundCloud at Five Better Podcasts.
0: Yeah, and you can follow us at Five Better Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram as well. I put that up recently. But uh, God, yeah, touch. Me. I mean, come on. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I'd, there was a concert at some point in the late '80s where Sam Fox and MC Hammer were both on the bill. Yeah, not in, not in, not in the bill because they both could have done that as well. They could have um, been in the bill. <laughs> but is it is it almost a touch me and then you
1: can't touch this? Is it almost like an, a song and an answer? Oh, it's exactly like, like a, a, it's like, it's a, like a, a sound clash.
0: Oh, I like
1: that. That would. I'll tell you what. A sound Let's clash make it... with a Rick James sample. Sam Fox. The Fleet Foxes. Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Touch me. You can't. I tell you what. That is. That <laughs> is Jamie Vardy festival. in the background
0: doing some kip. Yeah. Keep you up. Some bloke. He's he, some sort of Imperial mints as well. <laughs> you could. You could. Um, you
1: could sample in Claudio Ranieri again. Ranieri Dingly ding. Dingly ding.
0: With his little bell. I think he's a thing is, uh, Um Okay, what well, that what was that? Was that obscure? That was obscure, so Okay I didn't know okay, we, well could, that... we could argue mm, whether... I I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for one which I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through the same categories I'm gonna go for another one. That's okay. So this is this is song three for me, isn't it? I'm gonna get this song three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done three. This is three. Okay, so so okay, well, it's a good opening lyric. Can I read it to you before we hear it? Don- Donna yeah. found us in her slow and dreamy way. I can't hear a word the waiter says. She's looking older than the colour of her hair. She walks into the room. Too pleased to find me there. Let's have a quick listen of this, and then we'll discuss it afterwards. Touchy, and off we go. to find Me, I'm touchy.
1: Touch you. Me, I'm touchy.
0: Wow! Well, so, all the '80s and uh, all the '80s teenagers uh, out there probably uh, uh, could can never forget the fact that Ma- Morton Harkett was was an <laughs> iconic figure. From <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Hold it there, Morton Harkit from AHA. Was an absolute dish. It's a kind of thing my mum would go, Always oh, dishy. He had he not was. only fantastic hair, great cheekbones, he was incredibly tall. He did. He had the height <laughs> to go with it. In fact, I seem to remember a story uh,
1: that he was, uh, I read a story once that he was, uh, once voted uh, tallest <laughs> man in Norway.
0: Two year, two years running, apparently. Two years running, um, I
1: believe, yes. So, uh, a, a strange um, contest they have in, in Norway, but yeah, Morton won it.
0: Well, that's the Norwegians for you. Bonkers, aren't they? Um... Aha, touchy. I mean, the opening, I was already the opening notes before you heard that clip there. Um, I mean, the song is, it's a strange old song. But what? what is and again, it's from the 80s. and I'm sort of stuck in the 80s, it seems, this week. Um, lovely, brilliant chorus. It's really happy. Me, I'm touchy, touchy you, me, I'm touchy, and you know what to do. <laughs> it's, well. It's, it's, it's classic. It is. It's, it's kind of, it's a really bouncy
1: song, isn't it? They really—it's really kind of when you're talking about the chorus, it's quite excited. when the way they oh yeah, it, it's kind it's of a that, well, we, we heard it. it there. It's like that
0: really bouncy. Me I don't know what to do. I mean, it's this—it's got a great little rhythm. It's got a really good kind of pulse behind it. I mean, I mean, aha! By that point, we're rocking. I mean, they'd already had about two or three singles. Yeah. Ba-ba-da-ba, uh that was, they, they hadn't say, done you know, the bond one yet had they they, they hadn't done that and the, um the living daylights was that them? yeah yeah um yeah living daylights um so they all yeah so they had like two or three singles obviously take on me was their groundbreaking 1985 track uh, and again i'm going back to videos which is what i seem to seem to be doing a lot of the last couple of episodes the, the, the video for that was brilliant i mean it was like it was pre-cgi um it was kind of the, you know it's kind of they had that feel of like you know when you're writing you do little drawings in a sketchbook and you do it and you, kind of, you flip through the sketchbook you sort of see yeah. a man a stick man moving running um he had that well that of was their big it, their, their big video the take on me was all about drawings as well wasn't it that's what I'm saying. So that was that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. That Sorry, you um, are saying that
1: was the touchy video.
0: No, no, no. That was the, the, so that was their break. The break. The breakthrough single was Take on Me, wasn't it in 1985? But this. Yeah. This was released about uh, sort of three years later, 88. But um, it's it's not one of their classic songs. It's not one of it's not one of their greatest songs. But it's one of those after sort of you know they sort of consistently for about three or four years had some really great back to back kind of records and weirdly enough they they were mega. I mean, in terms of from yeah. Norway, which is which is not a massive kind of like well uh, stocked musically. They came out and they absolutely blitzed it. I mean, no, they, they, were, fa-
1: they were huge, and I think it's easy to forget how big they were, which is what got them the James Bond track, wasn't it? I mean, you don't get yeah. a James Bond track unless you're you're just massive. Oh god, yeah. Which I mean, Morton I think they was were.
0: in height as well as in pop status. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and also, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the '80s, as we just demonstrated with your choice of Sam Fox. Um, if you're sort of fairly saucy and good looking, you go a long way. Morton Harkett. was a dish. He's a dish, but I tell you what, <clears throat> he's still quite handsome today. I mean, they reformed, they reformed about sort of seven, eight years ago. Um, and yeah, didn't your brother drum with them? My, I think my brother did. Yeah, my brother Simon did actually drum for them. I think it was somewhere. I can't think it was four. It was some TV thing. Oh, still I don't with him. I thought he was with him for a while. No, I did. I think he did about two or three gigs with him. Like either either one was a TV gig, or one was like a, a reunion type '80s thing. Um, right, but uh, <coughs> he, and they've, earned a, they've earned an absolute fortune. What I liked about yeah. it, though, speaking of like speaking of record breaking things that we mentioned about his height earlier, <laughs> and bear in mind this is this is this is Wikipedia, so uh, a lot of this is uh, is kind of, it's slightly dubious. Um, Morton Harkett <coughs> Who was brackets and another brackets and is still right, close brackets listed in the Guinness World Records book in 2001 for the longest live note held? He held a note in Summer Moved On for 22 seconds.
1: That's that's a long live note. Is that as long as Bill Withers? I thought Bill Withers went on for about six days on Lovely Day.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. I still it was didn't. a lovely week um, by the
1: time you finished. <laughs> lovely year, lovely just urban. going back oh, to that Wikipedia entry. With all those brackets, was that made by Sam
0: Fox? (laughs) Yeah, there's brackets by Sam Fox. Close brackets. Another bracket by James Brown. Close brackets, and then (laughs) brackets. (laughs) Mick Fleetwood. Fleetwood. (laughs) (laughs) Close brackets. Fleet Foxes. (laughs) But yeah, I I like. I mean, I I don't know anyone who doesn't like Uh Aha, and um, I I think they're just they're really (laughs) good. Classic pop band, but like had some nice kind of moments for like you know. I mean, Living Daylights was a great tune.
1: Um, yeah, and if you, got, See, if you I, like, asked bit, I
0: like our heart, but I don't particularly like
1: take on me. Now, I know that's quite controversial, but that might be because that's do been do 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 overplayed. Do. But I, I like the living daylight. I like. The, what, didn't they have a um,
0: Wolf sun board, always or shines
1: on? That's the other one. Yeah. Sun always shines. That's a good one. Touchy, I quite like. But then I just and their new stuff was really good as well. But I just uh, take yeah. on me. Uh, I can take it or leave it, really. Take on take me or it leave on. it, right? It's, uh, it's just one of those... It's it's probably one of those songs that gets oh, overplayed. Oh, do you know and what? I I did, the, one of those sorry, songs, I'm songs. Sorry, sorry. Just I right, think it, it's it, one of those songs that gets overplayed, and as soon as it comes on, it, everyone comes running up to me going, this is a banger. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> oh,
0: I'm not quite convinced. But I do like Aha, that... that uh, they, um, but they were they were not they were not always poppy, were they? Because they had that um, uh, "Hunting High and Low" song, which I think was yeah, quite yeah. a nice song. Um, yeah,
1: I and like of,
0: it, they, they actually wrote some good songs. Really good musicians, and they they all looked really kind of cool. You know? Yeah. So um, everyone was quite happy. You know, you, if you, if you could be in aha, uh-huh, you'd be like, yeah, good good band, cool band. They cool were kind band. of the
1: forerunners
0: of the leather wristband, weren't
1: they? They you know they really brought that into prominence. Ah, oh, leather
0: wristbands—not quite a vest, but kind of sleeveless T-shirt.
1: Yeah. Um you know. When, later later on, I mean I remember seeing Morton Harkett um talking to one of the hosts on Eurovision once a number of years ago, and he was in a full leather suit. Um leather trousers, leather uh, leather jacket, but not like a not like a biker jacket. It was a jacket that was right. like a suit jacket for his for his leather. his leather trousers trousers.
0: Maybe I mean, he's was... he spent those thirty years probably from that wristband, just literally building on it like a loom. Yeah. <laughs> First the, the cleave came Then the, the
1: shoulder Oh I saw uh, Neil Diamond do, On a hot August night in his full leather garb And thought I've got to go for that That's, uh,
0: I'm having it, I'm that's having the it. one for me Fatty <laughs> Back tomorrow. So Aha heart touchy um, Is better than McHammer I think, I think we, could, we could probably agree on that
1: I think so I think I think we've got six there that, yeah. that are better than better than Hammer. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna, all right, now I'm you've gonna go three, with my Scotty so Jim and, and me. and say that Sam Fox is in there.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So you you are you're backing it, you're backing it.
1: I'm, I'm backing my own decision there, and saying okay, Sam all Fox right. is in there. Right, okay, <laughs> so six six uh six marvellous songs there that are all better than McHammer. Brackets, um, maybe not maybe not Sam Fox, <laughs> close brackets. Brackets, maybe not Sam Fox. Close brackets, open brackets. Possibly depends on how much I have to drink. Close brackets again. So okay, I'm going to go for a different sense. We've had feeling, we've had uh, hearing. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with sight now. Go on, <clears throat> then. And I'm going to go with uh, with just a song that is uh, again. I can't uh, I can't say any other anything else than just brilliant for this song. It's a great song. It's a really happy song. Uh, you can't help but feel good listening to it and it is just very positive i'm gonna go with jimmy cliff and i can see clearly now the rain is gone so let's have a little listen to that we have it jimmy cliff i can hear see clearly now that i can hear as well. <laughs> wash my ears out that that rain uh i can see clearly now the rain is gone just uh brilliant brilliant song happy song makes you feel great really positive kind of yeah. taps into again that kind of oh everything's just everything's been going really bad and suddenly it's all all right and uh and na- now now things are good
0: I I always love that song, partly because of the joke of like, I can see clearly now Lorraine has gone, which was that old joke, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Although a mate of mine at, at uni used to sing, not at uni at college, used to sing. I can see clearly now your pants have gone. Um, um, what what had happened? You exposed himself. <laughs> I had exposed <laughs> myself, and no, okay. not me. It was it was his. He exposed himself for, to you. Song for a girl he
0: loved. <laughs> Oh, the old smooth talker. Here, here's the pants. He says "He says romance <laughs> is dead. His pants have gone. They're just literally starkers. Terrible sex No, <laughs> Her pants have gone. Oh, her pants have gone. Oh, Hang on, this is now, it's just now turning to touch me, touch me. <laughs> <laughs> brackets, I want to, or oh, whatever it is. now. <coughs> could have at least um, your head pants. <laughs> and brackets. Uh, and brackets. Uh, Jimmy Cliff, Now, Jimmy Cliff's not dead, is he? play oh, please don't um, be dead. He died
1: at the end of that film, like the big kind of uh dancehall film. God, no, no, it's okay. It's still alive. It's all right. Time. He's it's still film. alive. The Harder They Come. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> He's a gangster in The Harder They Come, isn't he? A brilliant, brilliant kind of black exploitation Jamaican uh, movie that he did the soundtrack from, but uh, with, with The Harder They Come. But this, oh, yeah. I just I, 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 just love this song. I I remember seeing a brilliant um, uh, comedy sketch with... Uh, do you remember... Well, of course you remember uh, Steve Frost from Radio Fire! Oh, yeah. Um, but he had his classic, own black Classic show. Blackadder sort of... Um, you know him and the other guy member. used to do the Carlin Black Carlin Black label ads? Yeah. And
0: yeah,
1: they um, had their own show. It was called Frost and whatever his name was. Uh, Nixon, not guy. Nixon. No. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was David Frost. <laughs> but they did... They had that show and they, they were being two detectives in this comedy sketch, and one of them was sitting in his car phoning up someone else and looking out the car window, and like the dialogue was, "Yeah, I can see clearly now the uh, the rain has gone, and, oh, yeah. and I can see all the obstacles in my way." And it just, I just <laughs> was a real clever, uh, clever sketch. But no, it's, it's just a great song. Uh, it's used all all over the place, and it's one of those ones for me. It, I never feel it's been overused.
0: No, it's a really happy song, isn't it? He sort of yeah. you feel good about it. And it's probably also his, you know, again, the, the go-to song. If you sort of Google Jimmy Cliff, this will come up, won't it? Yeah, um, I think it's his go-to
1: mainstream song, whereas I think The yeah. Harder They Come is like his, that's his kind of
0: uh, signature tune, isn't it? Mark Arden. <clears throat> sorry, that was the Stephen Frost mate and partner. Um, Mark who, sorry? Ar- Arden. Oh, right, I
1: think he said Mark Olmond.
0: Oh, it's interesting <laughs>
1: combination.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ready, fire! I saw you standing in the pink front uh, Oh God, is not dead? Is he? Oh God, no, okay, fine. The Oblivion Boys didn't realise that Stephen Frost and him. Well, sorry, got off. Because I was like, got off on tangent. So, Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, I mean, oh God, it's better than McHammer isn't it? Of course, it's better. It's, of course, it is. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't think there's any argument. I think the the problem is we set the bar so low this week. That I, don't, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, we're I know we've had a few drinks, but we've been able to say that Sam Fox's Touch
0: Me was a better song. Do you know what I was going to put, put up Hammer. there? Sorry, with uh, was that what was that under Jimbo? What was your uh,
1: your choice um, then? Was that
0: was that obscure? No, it wasn't obscure, was it? No, it
1: wouldn't have been obscure, wasn't memory, wasn't music the best, classic, classic,
0: popular. That could be, yeah, yeah, popular slash classic sort of thing. I, I've um. I really want to put it in, I'm not going to put it in because my, my last song I want to put in was In Excess Taste. I, st- I saw did that, you, but you, did I didn't know you, it well yeah. enough to put it in. It's a good song, it's a great song. Um, I mean, you got, again, you've got <clears throat> classic classic kind of rock artists, 80s, mm. 90s. Again, another another handsome man, Ala Morton Harkett with Michael Hutchins. Yeah. Tragic Death, Ala Kurt Cobain. Yeah, um, slightly more pervier death than Kirk, <laughs> say. Yeah, yeah. A bit more fruit. <laughs> dare I say, a bit more fruitier. <laughs> Let, let's go and gunshot, more kind of like
1: orange. Rick James enough, had uh, a song called Taste as well, which I was going to put in, he? but I didn't know it. Like it was, you know, like when you're just looking through the internet and I saw that and I didn't know it, so I couldn't put it in.
0: Ah, but, right, um, okay. I thought
1: that would have been a classic to put in uh, Rick
0: James. Again, well, Steve I mean, them, uh, yeah. I mean, like I say, Sam Fox is the only one we're not. I'm not sure about. But, but, and I don't know, If you if you wound re- back to the eighties, that 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 sentence would never have been said. Um, <laughs> unless I had a picture of Linda Lasardi next to her, in which case it might have been true. I'm not yeah, sure. it's difficult. Difficult. Is it Lasardi or is it Fox? I mean, I don't know. No, no what I know now. Yeah. it's tricky, isn't it? That's not. That, but that's not the point of this podcast, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> which eighties page three? We did quite a <laughs> lot of. Um, did Guy?
1: Fatton going back it? to memories of your bedroom in the, your teenage years. Uh, I know. Music. I to, Let's I need, I, need to get,
0: I need to get. I need to out of that. So I'm going to go back to a, um, uh, an obscure song, which is also a little bit of a hint of memory uh, from more recent times. This, this century, dare I say? Um, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and this is a song which um, the original was written in 1924 so obviously it's a kind of standard which mm. has been interpreted by Louis Armstrong Day, Elephant Shield, all sort of fairly big names to name a few but it is probably most, most recently has been recorded by uh, Joe Brown and uh, my obscure song which is <laughs> has the sense of sight is Joe Brown's I'll See You in My Dreams let's have a listen I'll see you You in my dreams, hold you in my dreams.
1: Someone took you out of my arms.
0: Still I feel the thrill
1: of your charm.
0: Right, Joe Brown, I'll see you in my dreams. This is, um, as I mentioned, it's a standard song, so it's not his song. And he's recorded an album uh, a few years back, of which this is one of the tracks on it. Um, and it's, as you heard, then, it's a ukulele album. Um, it's a ukulele song, and the song's called The Ukulele Album, uh, quite original. Um, but I love the song. I think it's really simple. And having got a ukulele, um, in fact, I think I I'd think I'd have to thank you for that, Jim. Don't I, for the ukulele. Yeah, I got um, you the ukulele. You got me that for, for your, from from your the best man duties at your wedding. Um, and having having heard that song, I thought, oh, it's a great song to play. It's a lovely song. It's a really beautiful song. But the reason why I like it, apart from the the, 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 the words are, 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 are magnificent, the songs are great, sort of like chord wise, really quite quite interesting, is that in terms of the memory, it reminds me and it, it was performed at the George Harrison Tribute Concert in 2002. Right. So when George Harrison from the Beatles died in 2001, of cancer, <clears> um, he, he was big mates with George Harrison and Joe Brown. Um, and George uh, George Harrison was a really big promoter of the ukulele, sort of pre-kind of like it being quite cool and kind of hipstery to play the ukulele uh, and sort of record songs on it. So he did that at the end of that concert. If you watch the concert, the concert for George, I think it's called, um, yeah. it's the fi- it's the finale. And just as he's playing this song... Uh, he's, it's just him, Joe Brown, playing it alone sort of a band behind him kick in and then the kind of like, I think it's like white kind of like just like, sort of like confetti things fall down from the air so it's beautiful, it's a lovely moment um, yeah. and it's called I'll see you in my dreams hold you in my dreams, someone took you night, uh, right out of my arms, still I feel the thrill of your charms and it clearly it's a sort of a it's kind of like a song for his mate who died, I think it's brilliant um, and, and George and, and Joe Brown's He's one of those, if you sort of read him his CV, you think, "Ah, oh, he's a bit like Cliff Richard. <laughs> sort of, sort yeah. of big, big in the 50s, sort of, he was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, was in the sort of, a rock and roll sort of guitarist for loads of different people. He then was on stage and TV in the 60s and sort of appeared in, like, game shows. I think he was the first host of The Price is Right and then Leslie Crowther got it. Um, oh,
1: right.
0: And was doing, was doing like, and was doing loads of pantomimes. And he sort of, he pops up in loads of these sort of, like, you know, documentaries about sort of... Because there's, there's only two things I know about Joe Brown.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, three, really. First is that he isn't Joe Brand. It's um, definitely not <laughs> Joe Brand. Second <laughs> is that he's uh, he sung that song, I'm Henry Eighth. I am I am I am I. That's right, do yeah, that one. And thirdly, his daughter was Sam Brown, who did... Yeah.
0: You better stop, stop before... before. Uh, uh, yeah so those are my three joe brown facts <laughs> yeah exactly and she and funny enough she was singing i think in that concert for for george house and the concert for george because sam brown uh, was a for that i say was it, was it 80s or something that song i think it was stop um yeah she became like a session she was a session singer and then she became uh, one of the sort of the main singers for the Pink Floyd kind of like tours and stuff. So the backing singer. So she's, she's quite well versed now being a, a bit a bit like him, but a bit of a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, he was uh, always great... on
1: like, um, uh, celebrity squares and stuff like that. Yeah. He?
0: Him and Lenny Bennett. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. He's exactly of that era. The light entertainment era, which, which clearly you know, we're big fans of. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, this song is great. I mean, it's got, it's got, like I say, beautiful lyrics. Simplicity of the ukulele and just the sort of the, the, just the absolute sort of like um, tribute to his mate uh, playing that song at that time at the end of a concert, which was also positive and kind of like you know, very much about George Harrison's kind of positive <clears throat> spiritual self. I'll see you in my dreams. I mean, it's perfect, mm. it's a brilliant song. So, yeah, that's that's the that's my I think my last song tonight, Joe I Brown. Hate-
1: well, I think I can definitely go with that. I think we're 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 definitely on seven the songs uh, there that were better than uh, than MC Hammer, Sam Fox. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was a, <laughs> she was the, probably the one that was the most bizarrely discussed this evening. Um, <laughs> with the, uh, Certainly, the most with most the, most of what to say has been about her. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think we can safely say that there are. Five better songs in this world than uh, than MC Hammer's "You Can't Touch This," and I think uh, I think anyone anyone on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else wants to disagree with this, I think they'd be they'd be hard pushed to uh, to tell us that there weren't five better songs with uh, with a sense in the title than
0: exactly. And you try and find songs with senses in the title; it's quite it's quite tricky. I even. I was even going for really tenuous things like Morcheeba's "The Sea," um, <laughs> the open track, the open track from Big Calm, which you know, which is clearly cheating, but yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, um, I
0: struggled with what's what's a sense.
1: is looking a sense? Is that, cause it because because then when you bring it into that, there was loads with look and see and sight and all of this and then. Well, yeah,
0: that sight isn't it? So then it's the same as see, isn't it? But yeah, look. I yeah, maybe not the look of love. It's teenage fan I mean, club song I I quite, had a few like,
1: honourable mentions sight. this week that I didn't talk about. I had um, saw her standing there, which I uh, yep. always think is a great song, and uh, one that was really difficult not to put in. And if we'd have had longer, I would have probably talked about it, was uh, heard it through the grapevine, Marvin, as you so write, Marvin be Gay.
0: That was my sort of classic song. I was, I was yeah. Talking about that. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's that's oh. a great song, and that's not that that's not even his best. I don't think. By no, exactly. Yeah. the imagination, and he's he, Marvin Gay's tooling out. a a track that isn't his best and it? it's absolutely streets ahead of uh, You Can't yeah. Touch Us. so
0: so MC Hammer, so MC hammer you, better,
1: you better up your game exactly <laughs> he's got to uh, he's got to stop hammer timing around and, uh, and and get on with some some good songs I mean or, or get off with Sam Fox and then that that kills get, two birds <laughs> get off quite literally uh, kills two birds does it I don't know but yeah so there we go that was uh All right. That was this week's
0: podcast. It was a, it was an absolute pleasure, as usual. Yep. Cheers, Jimbo. And, well, uh, um, we'll 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 talk during the week and we'll plan our next uh, episode three. Yeah, uh, we'll
1: I've got some, I've got some ideas. This.
0: So I'll, um, I'll let you bit. Yeah, we've,
1: we've got we've got ideas, and if anyone out there on the Twitter sphere wants to uh, throw in an idea of what we could discuss, we're more than happy to uh, to oblige. Um, otherwise, we'll just keep making up our own and having a laugh on a on a Sunday evening for our yeah. own amusement and no one else's
0: <laughs> um anyway so yeah thanks for listening and we'll uh, we'll yeah we'll, we'll we'll see and hear and talk to you soon yeah bye bye five better five better five better podcast five better five better five better podcast